Welcome to episode 8 of Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLDR Carney. And welcome to Kearney, Nebraska. We're here for episode 8 of Up Late with Nate, which means we just got finished with with week 7 of the college football season. And it has been such a crazy season. We have seen over and over um, multiple AP Top 25 teams go down. Nobody knows uh, who's good and who's not good. Um, that was evident last week when Purdue went on the road and defeated the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, again, we talk about it every week. This show just gets crazier and crazier because the game results just get crazier and crazier. So there's a clear favorite in the Georgia Bulldogs, and other than that, uh, nobody knows who's good anymore because, again, just upsets galore. Um, so first thing we're going to talk about, this, this show is going to be kind of a Coach O special. Um, Coach O out of LSU has officially um, come to an agreement with Louisiana State University um, where he is um, going to separate after this year. So basically he wasn't fired, but he was fired. Um, which, by the way, in my second episode, I called this, so I just want to point that out and say, hey, I called it. Um, coach O is going to be gone because he doesn't, he doesn't know how to coach without Joe Burrow. So, um, Coach O separates from LSU. Um, but that being said, you got to give Coach O credit because he had one of the greatest college football teams ever about two years ago um, when he went 15 and 0. Of course, he had Joe Burrow, and he had an outstanding defense with great wide receivers. Um, but it's tough to go 15-0. It's tough to beat uh, Nick, Saban, Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide, and they actually did it on the road that year. Um, so to see Coach O have to um, be gone from LSU less than two years after winning the entire thing is just some, somewhat unusual, um, but that's just the standard at LSU. you got to be able to win games and win them now. Um, so first off on this show, I'm going to have the top um, landing spots for Coach O um, after he separates from the University of Louisiana State. And I'm going to have these in order of what I think is the least likely up into what I think is the most likely. Um, so the first one that I have on my list is I think um, Coach O could consider going to Virginia Tech University. Um, Virginia Tech in the ACC um, the, the thing here is that Coach O doesn't necessarily have any personal connections with Virginia Tech, um, like some of these other teams later on. Um, but the Hokies uh, are probably going to look to move on from their head coach right now. Um, the Hokies went 8-5 and five in 2019, um, but they have regressed greatly over the course of um, the past two seasons, um, and they are now 1-1. One in the, or earlier in the year, they were one and one in the ACC and three and three overall. Um, they've had some good moments, they've had some bad moments, um, but there, it's not something that Virginia Tech would turn down Coach O for. They would they would want Coach O probably more than a 500 season. Um, so if Virginia Tech decides to move on, um, you know Coach O might be a name that's thrown into the mix of who they might be looking to hire next. I think that's more going to be Coach O's decision and not Virginia Tech's decision. Um, the third team on this list, I got four of them, so uh, the third third team I have on this is um, Florida State University. Florida State still hasn't fired 
um, their head coach. Um, but right now he he's not doing so hot. He's about five and ten halfway through his second season as the head coach there. And um, Florida State fired their previous coach after he went nine and twelve in two seasons. So it's looking like um, the head coach at Florida State is just not going to be there for too much longer. Uh, and with with Florida State, um, they expect national championships. They have had a lot of support as far as facilities and donors. Um, so national championships are what's important for that program. And obviously, Coach O is a person to do that. Um, Coach O is also a great recruiter. So I think that Florida State is a name that's in that mix. The next team on this list, another Florida school. Um, I could really see Coach O going to the University of Miami. Um, Miami is a school that has a lot of tradition. They remind me a lot of Nebraska. Um, lots of tradition. Um, and they're probably going to be looking for a new head coach. Uh, Manny Diaz has gone 16 and 14 since overtaking the program in 2019. And this year, I mean, they've had one of the most disappointing um, uh, teams in the country this year. Um, there were some expectations set, and they just haven't reached them. And so that's just part of the problem. Um, on top of that, they have a great recruiting class coming in somehow. And so I really think that Coach O would be able to take that recruiting class um, and really do something special like he did at LSU. Um, now, Coach O, also another reason that I can really see um, Coach O going to this team um, is Coach O already has a history at the University of Miami. Uh, so Coach O was the defensive line coach uh, for the Hurricanes from 1988 to 1992. Um, and so I think, and a lot of people think, that he could be a perfect fit to kind of bring back the winning culture to the Canes. Um, if, he is, if he goes to Miami, I'm really interested to see if he keeps the turnover chain around. Uh, I don't know. Co Coach, o is, Coach O is a character you can't necessarily uh, – guess a whole lot on you know he, he's he can be unpredictable at times so it's really hard to know whether he'll have the turnover chain around in Miami or not but um, regardless I think Coach O is a great I, I think he would be a good fit um, down in Miami and then the last team on my list and I think a lot of people think this is where Coach O could go uh, I we talked about this when we talked about USC um, not too long ago after their coach was fired. Uh, but we kind of talked about if um, Coach O was fired from the University of LSU or he had, um, he had to separate from the Tigers. Um, we, a lot of us saw, you know, Coach O going out to USC. Uh, we could potentially see a third-time reunion between Coach O and the USC Trojans. Um, coach O was initially the defensive line coach for the Trojans back in 90, 1998. Um, so that was after his Miami days. And, he, and um, he eventually left the team to be the head coach um, at Ole Miss in 2004. And then after um, some time uh, out at Ole Miss, eventually Coach O uh, then returned to the club uh, the USC club in 2010, 
there he took an assistant coach role, um, and then he eventually turned into the interim head coach after Lane Kiffin was fired in 2013. Um, he resigned from Coach O resigned from USC, um, and then after essentially USC didn't choose Coach O, they picked a different guy as the new full time head coach, um, and, and that's when Coach O. Uh, left from USC. So he would be going back to USC again. Um, I don't know how he feels, how Coach O feels about going to USC, um, considering they picked a different coach instead of him. But, um, look, USC is going to be looking for a new head coach after this year. Uh, That's all that's to it. And, you know, USC might, I mean, it might be time for USC to finally, you know, give Coach O a chance at coaching that program. I think Coach O would do an excellent job out there, um, out in the in the west, western side, west, west side of the United States. So the four teams that I could see Coach O going to, uh, Virginia Tech out of the ACC, Florida State out of the ACC, Miami out of the ACC, and then USC out of the Pac-12. I really don't see Coach O staying in the SEC. Um, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of changes in the SEC over the offseason. I think LSU was the big one. So we'll see what Coach O does um, following his separation with LSU. It is now 11-10 in Kearney, Nebraska, which means it is time for a new topic. And that is the tin can topic at 11-10. For those of you who don't know what tin cans means, uh, tin cans means kind of unappealing, unattractive, and something that um, nobody really wants to talk about sometimes. So that's what the tin can moment is. And this week's tin can topic at 1110. Uh, how about as we stick with the Coach O theme, the coaches in the SEC, not named Nick Saban, who um, have coached in the national title. So like we talked about, um, Coach O has, has reached that separation agreement with LSU um, literally two year, less than two years after winning the national title and having one of the best teams ever. But he's not necessarily the only coach um, in history that, from the SEC with a short leash shortly after winning it all. There have been numerous coaches um, who, have, who have coached in um, national title games and had a very short leash afterwards. So let's look at a few of them. Uh, first, Gene Chizik, the head coach out of Auburn University. Chizik won a national title and was helped quite a bit by Cam Newton. Uh, you know, it's really tough to not win when Cam Newton's your quarterback, especially with how he was playing in college. Um, He was a dominant player, and you could run a lot of plays with him, and most of them would work. Um, And and, um, like I said, you know, these guys won national titles, so they can't be terrible coaches. Um, But Cam Newton definitely helped Chizik a little bit here. Um, So uh, after winning the national title in 2010, he went 14-0, by the way, that season. Um, but after that, he was he was fired um, in 2012. And so a lot of people throughout the sports world right now 
are saying, like, man, like, um, Coach O, he had such a short leash. Like, he didn't have time to rebuild after Joe Burrow left. Like, you got to give him more time. Um, all this stuff defending Coach O. And I think that's I think that's respectable because Coach O did what he needed to do to win the national title. But what's interesting is that uh, Chiswick's run at Auburn was actually shorter than Coach O's run at LSU. So uh, many people believe that Chiswick would not have won a championship without one of college football's greatest legends in Cam Newton. So Chiswick was eventually fired in 2012 um, like I talked about, uh, where he lost to LSU, Georgia, and Alabama by a, a combined score of 99-10. to 10. So outscored by probably Auburn's three biggest rivals, LSU, Georgia, and Alabama, 99-10. to um, Chiswick's Tigers went 3-9 and nine that year, which ultimately led him to being fired. Um, so yeah, there's, there's Gene Chiswick. Uh, you know, after winning the national title. Um, three and nine, two years later, boom, he's gone out of Auburn. Next coach we're going to look at, um, Les Miles, the head coach out of LSU. Uh, so before Les Miles, uh, I guess you could say tried to revive the KU football program, which is a whole another segment in itself. Uh, coach Miles was able to win a national title in 2007, he was one of the only, I think he was the only team um, in BCS history that won the national title after two losses. Um, so um, in 2007, the Tigers did go 12-2. and two. The LSU Tigers went 12-2. and two. Um, Miles earned a 114-34 and 34 record with the LSU Tigers over his career um, at Louisiana State University. So that's insane. Like 114 and 34 and then, you know, fired after after winning a national title. This was a lot um longer um leash, right? So Les Miles wins the national title in 2007. He wasn't fired until until 2016. It's still remarkable though that you fire somebody who has done the ultimate goal for your program. But that is just the SEC football. That's just the SEC. That's all that's to it. So on top of that, though, Les Miles almost won another national title. Um, he coached in a national title game against Nick Saban, but his team was blanked out by the Crimson Tide 21-0. to But what's interesting about that is LSU played Alabama that year as well, and LSU came away with the win the first time 9-6. to so, LSU fans, um, you know, during, during that time were very upset because at that time it was the BCS championship where two teams were in the championship. There was no playoffs. LSU went to the SEC championship um, to play against, I believe, Georgia. And LSU won, which was great. They won the SEC championship. But essentially, Alabama got to sit at home as the second-best team in the country and just kind of chill out and study LSU for, you know, weeks more than, than, uh, than LSU studied them. 
and you give Nick Saban that much time to study your team, you're going you're gonna to struggle against him a little bit. And so that's what ended up happening. But regardless, um, you know, Les Miles went to that national title. He also won one. And still, you know, less than 10 years later, he's, he's out of the job. Um, Les Miles' worst season was at 8-5. and five. Um, After starting the 2016 season at 2-2, two and two, especially with a loss to their rival in the Auburn Tigers, um, LSU just let him go. LSU just let him go. Um, the next guy that I am going to talk about, honestly, I didn't like, I didn't know this guy very well. So I had to do a little bit of research here. Um, but his name is, uh, coach Philip Fulmer. Um, I hope I'm saying that right out of the university of Tennessee. So Fulmer squad, um, won the 1998 BCS championship, um, which by the way, it was the first BCS championship ever. Um, and even after Peyton Manning left the school early to become the number one overall pick, or that was even after he won the BCS championship after Peyton Manning left early to become the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. And so uh, the the volunteers remained competitive um, throughout that or throughout his reign there at Tennessee um, following that championship season. And they only went below 500 twice, from 1999 to 2008. He also led Tennessee to four double-digit win seasons. That was in 2001, 2003, 2004, and 2007. And uh, he also won some SEC East division championships. But here's the thing. Um even after, you know, even after all that success for Tennessee, there's a man in the SEC who shows up and ultimately is the one who is able to change everything. And that man is Nick Saban. So like many, many SEC coaches, Fulmer's firing uh, really was in direct harmony with the arrival of Nick Saban at Alabama. The Crimson Tide beat Fulmer's Vols in three of his final four seasons in 2005 and then 2007-2008. Uh, Saban's Alabama team beat Fulmer head-to-head in both of their matchups, 41-17 in 2007 and 29-9 in 2008. And so in 2008, Fulmer went 5-7, and seven, which led to Fulmer stepping down, uh, but also, you know, like five and seven, Tennessee was probably going to fire him anyways. That's ten seasons after coaching a team that makes the national title. So we talk about this all the time, uh, you know, Nick Saban or or coaches getting fired out of the SEC after winning the national title, and here's why. Here's the ultimate reason why. Because in the SEC, the standard is not to win the national title. Based off what I have seen with all these college coaches, it's not based off winning the national title. What it's based off of is can you beat 
Nick Saban consistently. That's what I think the standard is in the SEC. And according to these three coaches, four coaches, uh, I have every reason to believe that. Coach O could not beat Nick Saban consistently. And the reason that's the case is because Nick Saban has set the standard at Alabama and the SEC has followed that standard. The standard is to win the national title. If you chase Saban, you're going to be chasing a national title. If you beat Saban, you got you know a decent chance of winning the SEC or the uh, national title. Now there's games here and there that that aren't true like that. For instance, Texas A&M beating Alabama the other night or the other week ago, oh two weeks ago, something like that. But ultimately, the standard at SC, in SEC football is you got to beat Nick Saban consistently. And if you can't, you're gone. You're gone. Nick Saban has changed this, the landscape of SEC criteria. The goal is not to win a national title anymore. The goal is to beat Nick Saban consistently. Some people are able to do it. Some people aren't, and that's why they're fired. Here's the silver lining, though. I like to give a silver lining. The silver lining is, it doesn't matter how many times you beat Nick Saban, you are a national champion. That's something that nobody can ever take away from you. Nobody can ever discredit that from you. If you go out and win the national title, that is yours to keep. You could lose to Nick Saban every single year, but if you go out and you win the national title, there's your silver lining. You won the national title. You were deemed the best team in college football. So that was my 10-can topic at 11-10. Again, SEC coaches not named Nick Saban, who have coached in the national title and had short, short uh, reigns at their colleges after winning the national title. It is 11-22 here in Kearney, Nebraska. I'm going to take a break. I'll be back after this. Welcome back. You are listening to episode 8 of Up Late With Me on 91.1 KLPR. Alrighty, we are back in the studio here in Kearney, Nebraska. It is now 11.29 Central Time. But we're going to call it 11.30 because it's time. Oh, I just switched to 11.30. Look at me go. It is now time for the half hour hot take. The part of the show where I give you uh, my hot take. And uh, we'll, see, we'll see how you guys like this one. Um, but here's the thing. Um, I Like I said at the beginning of the show, this is somewhat of a Coach O special. A Coach O special. 
LSU is just such a big football program when it comes to tradition that I thought it necessary to not only talk about where uh, Coach O was going to go after his separation agreement, but also I think it's I think it's important to talk about the people who should replace Coach O in Baton Rouge, right? And so a couple of names that have been floating around are James Franklin out of Penn State, um, a couple of other guys um, that aren't coming to me right now, but probably the more obvious choices, right? I think James Franklin is probably the big one. The coach out of um, Cincinnati has been floated around quite a bit. The offensive coordinator from the Carolina Panthers, um, he's been thrown into that LSU situation or, or rumors quite a bit. But here's the thing. It's my half-hour hot take. It's my half-hour hot take. And so I am going to give you some, I would, I would guess I would say, underrated options to replace Coach O in Baton Rouge. Some people flying under the radar who you may not hear in the discussions to replace um, Coach O down at LSU. But these are guys that I think if they were truly given the opportunity to coach at Louisiana State, that they would be able to do a good job and ultimately build coach or uh, build LSU back into a national title contender. So here's who I got. I got four of them, four of them, just like the options um, for LSU. Or, or for Coach O after leaving LSU. I got four of them here. And here's from, again, I don't necessarily think these are likely because, again, these are underrated people. But from these group of underrated people, these are my least likely to um, most likely, I guess you could say. So here's who I got. First off, head coach out of Michigan State University, Mel Tucker. Um, so, Mel Tucker is probably, like, he, he would be a great fit at Louisiana State when it comes to how he is able to build a winning culture and how he is able to recruit. So, Mel Tucker um, was... A defensive coordinator in the NFL. He's been under Nick Saban before, which happens to be very popular when it comes to hiring SEC SEC um, head coaches. A lot of these schools like to go after people who have coached with Nick Saban. But on top of that, he's also been on Kirby Smart's staff out of Georgia. And then Mel Tucker right now is at Michigan State as the head coach. So Mel Tucker, um, he did coach at Colorado University, but after one year he left for Michigan State. And he's doing a great job this year. You know, they got him undefeated. And ultimately, you can't be kicked out of national title contention until you get beat. Tucker, um, Tucker does have like 
a lot of history with the Big Ten, though. And he could really build something special at Michigan State. And so, honestly, you know, he he's the type of guy who I think probably wouldn't leave right now. But here's the thing. He left Colorado, right? And so if he leaves Colorado to go to Michigan State, does he leave Michigan State to go out to LSU? Mm, I think he could. I think that that's a, that's a situation that um, Mel Tucker would be interested in for sure, for sure. So Mel Tucker, the next one on my list, you might see this guy quite a bit, but you're not seeing him enough, I don't think, and that's Jamie Chadwell, the head coach for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. And by the way, um, I still have not, just, this is just throwing this out here right now, I still haven't seen the score for the Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State game yet. Um, I have it. I have my prediction down on Google Docs, and so we'll see how how close of a prediction it was, um, and, and I will look it up on air. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see. Um, so Jamie Chadwell, though, head coach at um, Coastal Carolina. Here's the thing: Chadwell can coach. There's no doubt about that. But the question is, can he? get a staff who is able to coach at the SEC level and can he recruit at the SEC level so it's been it's been a while since since Chadwell's Coastal Carolina team has lost a game unless they lost tonight I still don't know and right now we talked about the Cincinnati coach being a front runner for this LSU job and they they are the the standard for the group of 5 right now elite cincinnati is but coastal's going to win you know coastal has a really good chance to go undefeated this year and they were great last year and after his uh breakout season last year for Coastal Carolina, Chadwell actually was offered some SEC jobs at South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. But here's the thing. He didn't take them. He stayed at Coastal. So we know he can coach, but do we know that he can recruit at a high level that you have to be able to do at LSU to win? And more importantly, can he assemble a strong Power 5 staff? And I don't know if he can do that. But I like his chances better than Mel Tucker out of Michigan State. On top of that, uh, I think he can make that big jump from Coastal Carolina to LSU because he can coach. And if anyone from... This list might be able to do it. He's probably, I mean, he might be the he might be the guy. But ultimately, we talk about it. You have to be able to beat Nick Saban. 
can Jamie Chadwell beat Nick Saban consistently? Oof. It's a tough task, isn't it? Tough task. But Jamie Chadwell can coach. And it's someone that LSU needs to at least, you know, interview, right? Next coach on the list, uh, this is this is my second likely, my second, uh, he's he's my favorite besides one other dude. But I think I think this guy could really do it. How about Hugh Freeze out of the head coach, or the head coach out of Liberty University? Hugh Freeze has already won some games in the SEC when he was at Ole Miss. There's a lot of backstory about it, but LSU knows firsthand about how good Hugh Freeze can be as a coach. Hugh Freeze has transformed the Liberty Flames into, you know, a school that wasn't being talked about at all into a team that, you know, is a top-tier group of five school. Prior to arriving in Lynchburg, um, he had, you know, Ole Miss playing in a lot of New York, New York, New Year's Six Bulls. I don't know why I can't get that out. Given that uh, Coach O couldn't win in, in Oxford, Mississippi, LSU has evidence to know that Freeze might be a step over Coach O. Simply put, uh, LSU needs a head coach who can recruit and win games and beat Nick Saban consistently, and Freeze might be that dude. Freeze is an excellent coach. He has built that program at LSU, or I'm sorry, he's built that program at Liberty. And, you know, Liberty is a school now that enjoys going to football games. I think a big test to see whether Hugh Freeze is hired or considered at LSU comes very, very soon when Liberty plays against Ole Miss. Can Hugh Freeze coach with Lane Kiffin? Can he do it? He probably doesn't have the talent. Hugh Freeze probably doesn't have as much talent as Ole Miss, but can he out-coach him? Can he out-coach an SEC coach? If he can do that, he is a very, very good candidate um, to go to LSU. Finally, the guy that I think is the most underrated candidate for this LSU job, it's not even close. He needs to get this job over other coaches, by the way, not just the ones I've mentioned. Billy Napier, the head coach out of Louisiana Lafayette, Raging Cajuns, is an outstanding coach. By now, Coach Napier should be a Power 5 head coach.
he he was under Nick Saban, which again is a benefit for SEC uh, coaching. But he he has built a a great program at Louisiana Lafayette in the Sun Belt Conference. And this year they kind of took a little step back, I would say Louisiana did. But it's not like Napier, you know, didn't coach an outstanding team last year. It's not like their coach or their team isn't good this year. Napier is already like in coaches and organizations and colleges radar to be a good Power 5 coach if he wants to leave Louisiana. Here's one of the problems with that. Louisiana Lafayette and Louisiana State, a little bit of a rivalry, right? A little bit of a rivalry. So some people not like some people in Louisiana might not like that too much. But here's the thing. This guy can coach football. And ultimately what I think is you you just you got to give this guy a chance at LSU. What more could you ask from Billy Napier out of his coaching in Louisiana Lafayette system to, to, to get him to coach at LSU and to justify him being at LSU? This man can coach the game of football. And for LSU, this man is right in your backyard. So forget... The, the Jimbo Fishers, forget the James Franklins. LSU should hire one of those four guys. Mel Tucker, Jamie Chadwell, Hugh Freeze, or Billy Napier to replace Coach O at LSU. That's my half-hour hot take. It is now 11.44 here in Kearney, Nebraska. That means it's time for me to take a break. When I come back... I'm going to talk about uh, the games upcoming for this weekend. And we're going to see how well we can predict them. I'll be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 7 of Up Late with Nate on 91.1 KLPR. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 8 of Up Late with Me. On 91.1 KLBR. Alrighty, it is 11.50 Central Time here in Kearney, Nebraska, which means it is time for...
the last segment of the day of episode eight here in um, Up Late with Nate. And that is the Bet On It Challenge, where basically I pick all of college football's toughest matchups for this weekend. And this weekend, there's there's not as many great matchups this weekend, but with this year going how it is with upsets every weekend, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the craziest weekend yet. So the first thing that's going to happen here is I have down uh, my, my Coastal Carolina versus Appalachian State score. Now, obviously, the game is over. The game was played tonight before I got on the air. So whether you believe me or not on this score prediction is completely up to you. But I'm about to look up the Appalachian State versus Coastal Carolina score for the first time. And we're going to see what we got here. So um, I picked Coastal Carolina to win in this game 27-24. to I got Coastal Carolina 27-24. I think Appalachian State's a good football team, but ultimately I like Coastal Carolina. And as I look it up, well, looks like I'm starting 0-1 this week. Appalachian State 30, Coastal Carolina 27. So that's that's lovely. Um, Hey, that being said, I still think that... uh, that the coach from Coastal Carolina can go coach at LSU. Don't discredit that. That man can coach football. Good for Appalachian State, though. That's a good win for that program. So, so far this week, I'm already 0-1. That's all right, though. Last week, I went 8-4. I have a, a season record of 50-29, and so I'll take that for now. Uh, I guess you can put it at 50-30 and now after losing that one with Coastal Carolina. So some other notable games this weekend. Northwestern goes to the big house to face the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan is undefeated with their college football playoff hopes very much still alive. I got Michigan in this one 35-13. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but this would be the type of game that Michigan would lose uh, just because that's how the season is going. Next game on the list. Wake Forest goes on the road to play at Army. Wake Forest is still undefeated, by the way. And, uh, you know, until they lose, they are a lock for the college football playoff. They go on the road to Army. Army's going to try to run it and run it and run it. I'm picking Wake Forest in this one, 28-17, but do not be surprised if Army comes away with this win this weekend. Next game on the list, Oklahoma State, another team with college football playoffs very much alive, go on the road uh, to face the Iowa State Cyclones. Iowa State coming off a great win on the road last week as they defeated the Kansas State Wildcats. So Oklahoma State going into an environment with a little bit of momentum. I like Oklahoma State in this one. I talked about it last week. I think this team's better than Oklahoma. Uh, Even with Caleb Williams at quarterback for the Sooners, I like Oklahoma State more as of right now. And I think they're going to beat Iowa State. So give me the Cowboys in this one, 24-10. Next game is uh, College Game Day's 
location this week. It is not my game of the week, but it could potentially be a good game. Oregon goes on the road to face the UCLA Bruins. Uh, I don't, honestly, I don't really like either of these teams. Like, I don't, I don't think either of them are, are as good as people say they are. Um, so in that case, I think it's going to be kind of a balanced matchup. I like Oregon in this one eventually 27-20 over the Bruins. I think it's going to be a great game, though. Next game on the list, LSU at Ole Miss. LSU obviously going through uh, the Coach O drama. But LSU did beat Florida last week. Um, so they, they actually have some momentum. That being said, I think this Ole Miss football team is, is a top 10 team in the country. Give me Ole Miss in this one. Uh, 45 to 28 at home versus the Tigers. The next game is, is one that could have been a lot more interesting if um, some preseason guesses and predictions were correct. But it's Clemson at Pittsburgh. Clemson is a team that is a good football team, but haven't necessarily shown it lately. And Pittsburgh is a team with a Heisman candidate in their quarterback. Pittsburgh is ranked in the top 25. That being said, I like Clemson this one on the road, 31-28. to 31-28, give me Clemson in that one. That's going to be a good game, though. That's one to watch out for. The next game on my list, Tennessee goes on the road to Alabama. I had the absolute joy of watching Alabama live last weekend when they played down in Starkville against Mississippi State. And there were two things that I thought after that game. Um, the first one was cowbells are loud. Uh, my ears were ringing from the cowbells there in Starkville, Mississippi, um, after they, they rang them every down for the entire game, it seemed like. Um, but the other thing that I thought is that is the best college football team I've ever seen in person. Uh, that Alabama team is physical. They are fast, and, man, their defense flies to the ball. It was fun to watch that team. Even though they won 49-9, to they just dominated. It was still fun to watch. That team was quick and, and uh, always in the right position. That being said, I don't think Tennessee stands a chance this weekend. Tennessee has played Ole Miss pretty close last week. We all know what happened when Ole Miss played Alabama. So give me Alabama in this one, 45-17 at home. Next game on my list, Nevada at Fresno State. This is a team, or These are two teams that both had some AP poll recognition early on in the season, um, but have since kind of fallen off, so they're both looking for a big win. I like Fresno State in this one, 38-28 over the Wolfpack. It's going to be a good game, though. Uh, that's one that... Is, is kind of under the radar this weekend again, but I think that's going to be a pretty good football game. The next game on the list, Ohio State at Indiana. Um, this was a game that was highly anticipated at the start of the year, um, but Indiana has, has had their struggles. They've had a tough schedule, and so it's, it's going to be tough for Indiana to beat this Ohio State team. And so I like Ohio State in this one. Um, their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, has been playing very, very well. He has grown up quickly, um, and he is a dark horse for the for the Heisman uh, Trophy. That being said, after Bryce Young's 
four touchdowns for Alabama last week. Uh, I think I think Bryce Young is probably going to win it. But this quarterback out of Ohio State is good as well. And he's going to lead that team into Indiana, and I think they're going to come out on top 34-10 to 10 over the Hoosiers, 34-10. to 10. I got two more games here. The first one, North Carolina State, another ranked ACC team on the road as they play Miami. Miami is not the team we thought they were. North Carolina State is a team that we they're not who we thought they were either, but it's a good thing for them. Uh, North Carolina State has done a very good job of of playing decent football all year long. Um, they're one loss to Mississippi State on the road. So uh, North Carolina State, I like them in this one down in Miami, 28-10 to 10 over the Hurricanes. And that's just going to be one step closer for Coach O to go to Miami, which I think is a, is a big, big-time uh, possibility. The last game, like I say, I always try to save my game of the week for the last prediction. And here's my game of the week this week. I like this game. San Diego State at Air Force. Air Force has one loss this year. San Diego State is playing well and still undefeated. It is in Colorado Springs. I've been to that stadium. It's pretty intense. They get loud up there. They got aircraft going over and parachuters and all that. But after all the fireworks, after all the the pregame festivities, Air Force football is going to come out, and they are going to run the ball down. Uh, they're just going to run the ball a lot on the Aztecs. That's why I like Air Force in this one, 21-17. to It is now midnight here in Nebraska, and this show's called Up Late with Nate, not Up Early with Up Up Early with Nate. It doesn't even rhyme. It doesn't even make sense. Which is why that's the end of my show. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to episode eight of Up Late with Nate on ninety-one point one KLBR Carnegie. Today's episode will be available on Spotify starting tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening. I'll try, I'll try, yeah, I'll try my best.